Adapt and Overcome, a mantra of the Armed Forces of the United States. What does this mean? Why is it important? Think about these questions and think of your own as we launch out onto the loop and discuss on this episode of Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to share conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics that spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, and enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world. If you want to find us, there's this thing called the internet, and you can go to curiositycontinuum.com. That's right, curiositycontinuum.com. There, it has all the links to listen to us on your favorite podcast channel. You can follow us on social media, and we want you to listen, and we want you to interact and rate the podcast. Help us get the word out more and more as we move forward. We appreciate your feedback. want to make sure this is a useful experience for you. So Intrepid Adventurers, on a previous podcast, and as a theme kind of throughout um, all of our broadcasts here, we've talked about the constant changing world around us. The only constant is change. One of the things that's important as the world continues to move forward and do things is that we are aware of what that change is and how to adapt and integrate that into our own lives, whether it's uh, large scale, small scale, professionally or personally. This is a really important thing because what happens is if you don't do that, the world moves on without you. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, no one is going to wait for you to catch up to them, really. I mean, especially the world. The world keeps on moving. So if you don't adapt and you don't overcome and you don't iterate yourself, which like reinvent yourself several times or even just not even reinvent yourself, but keep changing how you look at things, you're going to find yourself stagnant in, in a constantly changing world. The th- thing you'll need for this is a strong toolkit to be able to understand those things. Just because something changes doesn't mean that it was a good change necessarily. Sometimes it means that now something is common, but doesn't mean it was normal ever. The thing to keep in mind is that you need the wherewithal and the contextual awareness to properly evaluate these things so that you know how to respond to it. Absolutely. You also need to understand that change is a part of who we are and it's a part of the world so you shouldn't try to force things to change to maybe like change back to the way that's maybe comfortable for you you should maybe try to learn to be i would not say really be comfortable with being uncomfortable maybe it's kind of a a way that i've kind of tried to as i grow older and i'm starting to see how things change and how i need to change to kind of keep up with everything and how my my just my everyday life changes i'm sure everybody's life is different than when they graduated high school right brian (laughs) definitely well if you're 19 you know and you graduated 18 it may not be as different as you think right but when you're but when you know for example you and i i mean oh yes that's that's over 20 years ago for us so that our (laughs) our lives i mean i don't think i could have if you would have told me what my life was going to be like when i was you know 20 years out of high school i don't think i would have thought it would be like this I didn't really think that. I don't think that that's a bad thing. I just think I wouldn't have thought of that. I had definite ideas about what my life would look like. 
And I was absolutely wrong about how my life looks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? You know, the um, I know that when you have something presented to you like we did and when we grew up, we had so many technological changes that affected the speed of how things are kind of moving along. I'm sure people felt the same way um, in the age of the automobile, you know, and the industrial revolution and things that all of a sudden there's like this massive surge of advancement in human, uh, you know, ability by doing different things. That really does affect the speed at which you have to adapt. My grandpa, when he was born, he was born in like the 19 teens. He didn't have to adapt as much as we do now, because the world 20 years from now is going to be a vastly different world because of all the tech things that have come into it. I think the younger generation already is used to that pace and they know, hey, you know, when I'm uh, in my silver years, it's going to be very different. But for those who are who are um, kind of in that middle generation where they've, they've transitioned from analog to digital, you have to really keep your whereabouts about you so that you don't get left behind because the world that if you have any idea of retirement or something like that, you better start planning now for a world that's going to be uh, completely not what you think it is years down the road. Yeah, so let's explore that a little bit. Um, so for Brian and I, like we grew up, we didn't really have computers when we were real young. It was when we were in our, like there was computers in elementary school and we just kind of, they weren't something that we used every day and it wasn't something, it was like a treat to go to the computer lab, quote unquote, to actually play you know, Oregon Trail or... Oh <laughs> or a math game or a typing game but it was so for us it was really different i mean it was we just didn't you know we fell back to so we didn't really have to adapt as fast but now i mean look at brian you know like a, a cell phone for example would you have thought that a cell phone would do everything it does today absolutely not and some of the things i'm actually afraid of what it does you know like right uh, seeing ads and like on you know, I was just talking that to my wife the other day, and now all of a sudden it's appearing on my phone. And you know, talk about I didn't, Sky, I didn't, I didn't Skynet. type that in. <laughs> I know I didn't type it in. I think I thought it last night before I went to bed, and now all of a sudden it's on my feed. It's really creepy, actually. All the movies that you see, but you know, here's Skynet or here's something <laughs> where technology oh, takes uh, over. It, th- we're living it now, but we we've just been conditioned to un- accept that that's normal. You know, the computer knows everything we, there is to know about us, and somewhere, some way. I, I want to share a quick story about Skynet, and this is actually a true story, and it scared the crap out of me. I, <laughs> I one time on Twitter, I was t- speaking to someone, and I used uh, hashtag Skynet, and then the person who has the Twitter account Skynet started following me, <laughs> and so that scared the crap out of me. I was like, okay, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that scared the crap out of me because I was like, wow, maybe it really is happening and we don't even know it until it's too late, you know? <laughs> if if you have, if you see that Skynet start following you, you, you know, they've just decided to reveal themselves at this point in the future. Yeah. So just now, now I know where I'm at, so I'll be the first one to go, I'm sure, in the oh, wave. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I mean... <laughs> we're gonna edit that part out oh, probably. no we're not we're gonna leave that in <laughs> so i had the privilege of sitting recently with more uh, folks who've served in the military and they've gone into business it's really interesting to, to talk to them 
regardless of what type of business they're doing, because there's definite things that you can pull from military experience that would apply really well into the private sector just by some of the things that kind of go along uh, part and parcel with the military. Right. The, the adaptation iteration is really important, especially uh, during a time when you're in a field deployment, because you have to know your job well or your station well, or your duties. And then you're going to get dropped into the middle of a jungle or the middle of a desert or something. And you have all the information that you possibly can have, but it's very different when you're there. Something may have changed. The train is different, other types of things, and you have to be a problem solver. If You have to be able to fit a square peg into a round hole and make it work because there's really no other option at that point, especially when you're talking about some of the elite folks who you know, are in the, the SEALs or uh, you know, the similar ilk. Those folks have to know, they have to be very keenly aware of everything going on them, and they need to constantly adapt to be able to go into a dangerous situation and then come out safely out of that situation as well right i mean not only do you have to know your job but you probably have to know everyone else's too and that's something that i think a lot of people um are not maybe not lacking today but when we specialize so much into different into one skill set we might not really think that we can you know go help out in another skill set for example if you have a blue collar job and you know you're you're Let's say you're a welder and your job is to just weld. Well, you may not, you know, you might have to go help out with some concrete work or something, and you may not know how to do that. And a lot of people shy away from that kind of stuff, or even, uh, you know, an office job. If you are, you know, part of a management team, for example, and then you have to go and, you know, maybe present something and you're comfortable doing that. But then maybe you have to go and actually, you know, talk to workers and you may not be comfortable doing that. So I think there's a lot of different skills, you know, from like even the military or even just in everyday life that we should maybe focus on making ourselves a little more uh, well-rounded individuals. The other thing, too, is to have an anchoring. And even though we say adapt and iterate, one of the important things to know is where you came from and how you got to where you were. Those skills are going to apply very well into the next phase of, of life, whether it's, you know, I'm going from school and now I'm going to the work world or I'm doing a job transition or I'm getting married, you know, and all those different skills, like relational skills, ways that you would kind of approach the world, those transcend uh, relational dynamics. It transcends any particular vocation at any specific time in your life. Those things follow. So part of this is a self-awareness to understand how you actually function, how you actually think. Because, you know, I think about people who are, uh, you know, driving a, a truck right now, and now they're about to test, you know, automated trucking. Right. You know, and so that's going to eliminate a lot of jobs for people who do that skill. So what other skills do they have? Because like they might say, well, the only skill I have is driving a truck. And that's not true. That's definitely not true. And I, if you've been in that long enough, I understand where it'd be a scary thing all of a sudden now. What do I do? Because this is what I've done for a vocation. But again, if you kind of center back to yourself, say, where did I come from? What do I know how to do from a skill standpoint or how can I apply a talent? That's the tricky layer, and that, but that's where the magic sauce is for everybody to be able to keep on keeping on. Yeah, and let's, let's use an example from, for us so people can maybe kind of like get where, like, where we're coming from. Um, let's talk about our podcast, this podcast, actually. <laughs> that podcast, um, again, is Curiosity Continuum, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I mean, when, you know, at the top of the podcast, we talk about you know, where you guys can find us, where you guys can interact with us. And that's not just 
something that we do for you know for clicks for people just to say oh you know well they want they want we really want you to interact with us because through your feedback that we iterate the podcast we change it constantly um I mean, Brian, how many times do you think we recorded an episode before we actually decided to post one? If you, if, at some point, we're, we're going to lift the veil and just tell everybody and just show them how bad we were when we first started. And those episodes never saw the light of day. But we kept going to bat and kept doing it and say, okay, and this is how we could fix something. And so we never made good the enemy of perfect. We said, okay, this is good. This is bad. And we were humble enough to be able to take the correction. If you're prideful and you're not able to be, uh, you know, take that guidance or that direction, you're really going to find yourself in a situation. It doesn't matter how skilled you are or how talented you are. If you have the attitude of pride, it's always going to end up in an unfortunate situation for you. But if you're humble enough to go like, yep, yeah, I uh, janked that one up real bad. <laughs> you know, you can, you, uh, let me start, you, you can do better. <laughs> like, just like I janked that comment, I can do better on transitioning over to Josh for the next comment. <laughs> Yeah, we can we can all do better, and that's and that's that is something like like Brian uh, touches on is humility. It is good to like own your mistake or own your work, and realize that not all criticism is you know towards you or towards your work. It should be taken personally, and so that's something I think a lot of people need to work on. I think I need to work on it. I think constantly in life, I think we really do all need to work on that. Um, because we see our projects or especially like creative endeavors as us part of ourselves. And so I think when people criticize that, we feel immediately we want to put up a barrier and a wall. And that's not always where that's coming from. So if you guys can learn to not just gut react and do that, um, then you can learn to iterate. And then through that, you will adapt. It's, that's how this works. The big thing, too, is to start. You can't iterate something that hasn't started somewhere. You right. Know, uh, and that, <laughs> you yeah. know, Google, Google has this thing where when they do like product launches, they want to try to build like the first version of it. And I think it's like 30 minutes or 60 minutes depending sure. on what it is. Just and, to get it done. And yeah. it's done. And it's terrible. But then they go to the next thing. They did this with Google Glass. And they said the first one they had, it was like they threw like a computer and a backpack. <laughs> they put on some glasses and they taped something. That was like the first version. And they said, there's no way this is going to be the final version. But they learned something because they weren't afraid to start. Don't be afraid to start something. Yeah. And another example on that, like Brian used Google, I'll use um, Amazon. Amazon does everything. And the reason they do everything is because they've learned that if they spread themselves out, they can adapt. They can stave off bankruptcy, basically. You're, you're, every company will fail eventually, but if you keep doing and keep moving, then you just you just keep it keep it on, you know. And that that really is those sayings really do work, and that's why people say them. It's true. I sat in with to a meeting where there's been a uh, entrepreneur who's been successful at a couple different things, and he openly talks about how he was lousy at a few other ones, and he really janked it up bad, and some of the other ones. And he said something really interesting, and it's made me think. He goes, you know. If you have a million dollars, it doesn't make you a millionaire. He said, if everybody who had a million dollars, you handed out a million dollars and you put it in a pile, and so you didn't have that money anymore. He said, the true millionaires are going to have that money again sometime yeah. soon in the future because they know. Find a way to get it back. They know how yeah. to do it. It's not just yeah. not just a, hey, I got a million dollars, I won the lottery. That's why so many lottery winners 
find themselves in a worse situation than before because money's an amplifier. It didn't change their mindset about anything. It didn't change how they thought about the world and or their finances and things. It just gave them more resources to do the same thing. So the important thing is to tune the first part so that you know how to approach the world around you. Absolutely. And I think um, I think this is a pretty good place to maybe put a comma in the conversation because I think we're starting to get into the get into some other topics. <laughs> we're trying to bleed into other topics, but tune in so, next time for the bleeding over into the other topics. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But um, no, I think this is a good place to kind of just say, Hey, you know that uh, we gave you guys something to think about and think about in your everyday life. Like where can you adapt? Do I mean, everybody adapts, but are you realizing you're doing it? And I think that that's important. So until next time, intrepid adventurers, this is Brian. And this is Josh for Curiosity Continuum. Thank mm-hmm. you.